Welcome to Convention Pulpit, Wesleyan Voices Past and Present, brought to you through the Ministry of Inner Church Holiness Convention. Visit our website for an entire library of great sermons and more information on this ministry, www.ihconvention.com. Paul Lucas was one of the most unique ministers to ever stand behind the sacred desk. He could hold a congregation spellbound as few others could. This sermon was preached many, many years ago and it's titled, Faith, Obedience, Unity, and Rejoicing. I know you're going to enjoy this wonderful sermon. Would you stand while we pray? Blessed Jesus, it's us again. Thank you that you never get tired of our much coming to thee. We come to thee because we depend on thee. Thou art our Christ. And I pray for that anointing that only you can give a preacher. Touch our hearts this day in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I do not question, but I've always had to use glasses for the last 10 years to read by. And for some reason, uh, I don't know what I've eaten that has caused it. I wish I knew I'd eat more. Uh, I don't need my glasses to read. And I thank the Lord for that. Now, sometimes I do. And I told the Lord this morning, I said, Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. But Dr. Taylor, I carry my glasses in my pocket. So (laughs) that's not much faith. And again, he entered, I'm sorry, Mark, the second chapter, verse 1. Mark, the second chapter, verse 1. And again he entered into Capernaum after some days. It was noise that he was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together insomuch that there was no room to receive them, no, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. And they came unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press... They uncovered the roof where he was, and when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But they were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why doth this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, 
He said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your heart? Whether is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise and take up thy bed and walk, that, that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. He saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise and take up thy bed and go thy way into thine house. And immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. I want to talk to you a little while this morning, by the help of the Lord, just from about these four men. Four. I want the... Now, if you was playing golf and somebody hollered four, why, everybody would duck. But I want to talk about these four men. I want the F to stand for faith, the O for obedience, the U for unity, and the R for rejoicing. Faith. I'll make a statement that you don't have to agree with. There are just some things that I kind of think in my heart that... I feel better by looking at it that way, and maybe you wouldn't. I think if any four of us in this auditorium this morning was taking this man to Jesus, he'd have never got there. I just don't believe he would have ever got there. When we got to the place where we could see the door, and we couldn't even get close to the door... I would be inclined probably to say, well, it must not be the Lord's will to heal him today. We can't get near the door. But these men had one thing in mind, get this fellow to Jesus. And when I was studying this lesson, I got blessed. You know, I like to get blessed by myself. Then I know it's not a splash over. I know it's all mine. Praise God. Uh, I think I get blessed more in my home and once in a while, Dr. Taylor, I shout in every room in my house. Go down in the basement and shout. I, I mean, I just cut loose. And I think I get blessed on top of a blessing because I know it's all mine. I didn't get it from somebody else. And when I studied this, I got so blessed that I shouted in every room of the house. Went down the basement and shouted. Praise, and I got to thinking that these men, when they got there and saw that they couldn't get near the door... They were probably worn out. Their arms are tired. You carry a bed or a cot or whatever they were, and somebody in there shaking all the time. Why, naturally, it would pull on your arms. And as they set him down and wiping the perspiration off of their brow, this one said, gentlemen, we've got to get him to Jesus. If we get him to Jesus, we won't have to carry him back. But if we don't get him to Jesus, we're going to have to carry him all the way back. And they got him to Jesus. They was determined to get him to Jesus. And another reason I think that he'd never got there, there'd be no way that we're going to tear somebody's roof off. You, if we tear somebody's roof off today, well, they'll sue us to high heaven. So uh, that's another reason I thought. But to believe God, if we could get back to where we could have that childlike faith to believe God. Amen. My, my mother was a woman of faith. And once in a while, I tell about our oldest brother, and I was so thankful what Dr. 
Taylor said the other night, or the other day, that many good men have children that have wandered away from God. I am blessed. I have four children, and three of them are going with God. And the other one is under conviction. She'll call me and weep and say, Daddy, keep praying. I, I want to get saved. But I trust she doesn't procrastinate too long. But my, my mother and father, they had eight children. The baby died. They raised seven of us. And the oldest boy, Elwood, when he was in his teens, I, I, I don't know why, but dad just never conquered him. All the rest of us, when our father said sit down, we sat down. And uh, Elwood would kind of challenge. And dad did everything that someone could do to corral him, but he just couldn't do it. Maybe he didn't start young enough, I don't know. But in his teens, middle teens, he got in trouble and was put in the reform school. And my mother, the Sunday afternoon, they come and got him. My mother went to her room and I could hear her praying all afternoon. Church time comes, she stayed in her room. We got back from church. She was still in her room praying. And all the hours of that night, I could hear my mother groaning and praying. About eight o'clock Monday morning, we were up getting ready for school. Dad was getting our breakfast. And all at once, my mother prayed clear through and struck heaven and came out of that bedroom shouting and praising God. She went from one room to the other, went out in the backyard and was just praising God. And when she came back in, I can see my father now. He looked at her and he said, Jesse, tell me what you're shouting about and I'll join you. I just want to know what I'm shouting about. And mom said, Dad, I prayed through on Elwood. God told me he's going to save him. And I believe him. I just believe him. Hallelujah. And for many years, 12 and a half years to be exact, every meal that was in our home, my mother said Elwood a plate. And I'd look at her and I'd say, Mom, whose place is that? She'd say, well, that's Elwood's. If he comes home, he'll know that I'm expecting him. And never wavered one iota, 12 and a half. If with these 20 visitors there for dinner or supper or breakfast, my mother had a place set for Elwood. And about 12 and a half years passed. And one Sunday afternoon, we were having our dinner and as children were laughing, talking, and my mother screamed out, children be still. And we jumped and it scared us. And I said, mom, what in the world's wrong? She said, I heard my boy Elwood walk up on the front porch. And she got up and run out. We could tell by her rejoicing it had to be him. And when they came through the living room into the dining room, she walked right over to the table and she said, son, you can sit right here. I've got your place set for you. And he sat down. And I think many times, I think often, if you're here this morning and you're away from God, God's still got your place set. If you've lost God out of your life, come on back home. Amen. He's got your place set. He'll receive you. He'll forgive you. And remember your backslidings against you no more. Just to believe God. Elwood was 
he became a terrible gangster. He was on J. Edgar Hoover's most wanted list. He was in five different penitentiaries. The last one was Atlanta, Georgia, the federal penitentiary. And his cellmate was Machine Gun Kelly, who could write his name better with a machine gun than he could with a pencil. My mother, two days before she died, she said to the children that was there and my father sitting around the table, she looked at him and said, I wished I could be sure of all of my children make it to heaven like I am Elwood because God told me he's going to save him. And I, I know he is. And mom would always thank God. Never asked him again to save him, but just thank God for saving him. That's faith. Thank God for saving him. My mother was in heaven nine years before God answered her prayer. But he never fails. Hold on. Believe God. He will hear. He will answer. Thank God. It doesn't matter how far away from God they might have wondered, God can bring them back. I was pastoring. One day I got a phone call. Somebody was sobbing. And I kept saying, who is this? Finally, they said, Paul, just a minute. I said, Elwood, are you in trouble? He said, no, just a minute. And it was so long, I asked him again, Elwood, are you sure you're not in trouble? He said, just a minute, please. And I waited. He come back on the line. He said, Paul, he said, my wife Annabelle and I, we have rented the Majestic Theater on South Main Street here in Lima. I want you to come down, hold a revival. I want to find Mother's God. And when we were children, Elwood never went to the altar. And so I took three carloads of my church members down. We cleaned that old theater up. It's still standing on South Main Street in Lima, Ohio now. And we cleaned it up and had some bills printed. And I had a radio program. We started announcing it on the radio. And on May the 2nd, I believe, or May the 5th, we started. I, have, I carry one of the bills in my, uh, my briefcase now. It's there. And we started, I believe it was May the 2nd, or maybe May the 5th. But on the 7th day of May, 1952, he, was, he came to the altar and God gloriously saved him. And the next night, these people that was there today that still can witness to it. And the next night, these five saloons closed in Lima, Ohio, and they came down in a group to see if Elwood Lucas got saved. Praise God forever. God gloriously saved him, and he preached all over this country for 35 years. Uh, and uh, he died just a few years ago, I believe it was in uh, April 1987. Uh, he went to heaven. Praise God forever. But obedience, faith, and then obedience just to mind God. And when he'd been saved about six weeks, he called me and he said, Paul, I can't make it. I just can't make it. And I said, I'll be right there. So I live 55 miles away from him. So I drove down and he come out and got in the car and he said, Paul, I, I, I just can't make it. And I said, Elwood, you can make it. By the grace of God, you can make it. He looked at me and he said, I'm going to tell you something nobody knows but God and me. I think, I think I killed a man. And I said, Elwood, whatever it takes for you to make it to heaven will be cheap. He said, I robbed an armory in Norfolk, Virginia. And I stole a 
several machine guns and high-powered rifles. And one of the guards started after me, and I took one of those machine guns, and I saw him fall. And he said, I can't sleep at night. I've got to make that right. But he said, Paul, I've got a wife and baby now. If it's just me, it'd be all right. But what's going to happen to my wife and baby? I never one time, be careful what you say to someone. I never said one time, Elwood, you have to do it. I just said, Elwood, whatever it takes for you to make it to heaven will be cheap. And I believe that this morning. Heaven will be cheap at any cost. Whatever price you feel God wants you to pay, pay it and go with God. Thank the Lord forever. So I said, well, Elwood, if you'll stay true to God, that's all I ask. You stay true to God. I'll take care of your wife and baby. They can move in with me and live with me. And I'll take care of it. He said, but Paul, what if they send me up the river for life? And I said, well, as long as you stay true to God, I'll take care of them. And he said, I'll leave in the morning. I'll go to Washington, D.C. I'll tell them what happened. And I said, well, does your wife? He said, no, my wife doesn't know it. Nobody knows it now but you and me and God. And I said, well, you'll have to tell her. He said, well, I'll tell her. I'm going to make a restitution. And then if I don't get back, you can tell her what happened. So I, I wish you could have been at my church the following Sunday. He left that morning, the next morning. And when he came back, what a testimony. And as he gave it up and down all over this country, he said that when I got to the FBI building in Washington, D.C., and told him who I was and gave him my number in Atlanta, Georgia, in five minutes, I was in J. Edgar Hoover's office. And he dismissed the FBI man that took me up there, and he looked at them and said, young man, what can I do for you? Elwood looked at him and said, Mr. Hoover, could I tell you first what God has done for me? Six weeks ago, you have my record. You know what kind of a man I have. And Allen County, Ohio, this day where Lima is a county seat, the police there will tell you that Elwood Lucas was the meanest and the most notorious outlaw that ever lived in Allen County. But I'll tell you, ladies and gentlemen, that blood can go deeper than the stain is gone. Uh, God said, we used to sing an old song. We don't sing it much more. Come ye sinners lost and hopeless. Jesus' blood can make you free. For he saved the worst among you when he saved a wretch like me. Yes, I know. I surely know that Jesus' blood can make the vilest sinner clean. Thank God forever he's still the same today if we have faith to believe God and we'll obey him. Mr. Hoover sent him over to a hotel. And he said, I was there two days, the third morning they come after me. Said, if any man ever fought demons, I fought him. Said, I walked the floor. I'd lay prostrate at the floor. The devil would tell me that you're gone. You're gone. They'll, they'll throw the key away. Paul will raise your boy and he'll call him daddy. Your wife won't. And she's too young to stay single all of her life. You, you blowed it this time. And said, finally, the second night, said, I doubled my fist up. And I said, oh, devil, you might as well leave here. I'm going with God. I've been in five different penitentiaries. And when those iron gates closed behind my heels, 
Oh, devil, you left me. But this time, if I go, I'm going with Jesus. And he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, but go with you even unto the end. And I'm going with Jesus this time. And he said, the devil just left that. And I had a glorious evening. Said the next morning, they came after me. Said sitting in that limousine, the devil telling me again what all was happening. And I just kept saying, I'm going through. Praise God, I'm going through. He took him to J. Edgar Hoover's office, and Mr. Hoover come around and shook hands with him and said, well, good morning, Reverend. Elwood looked at him and said, Mr. Hoover, I'm not a reverend. He said, you will be. He said, sit down, son. And Elwood said he passed him two, three, maybe four times. And he could see him reach in his pocket and get something. He said, I thought it was a handkerchief, but I don't know. And I'd see his arms go up. Said it looked like, said, and when he t- got in front of me, the fourth time, he stopped and he looked at him and said, young man, I want to say something to you that your Christ said to someone one day. And he looked at him and he said, son, thy sins, which were many, they're all forgiven. We, your, your record is wiped clean this morning. And Elwood said, before I knew it, I jumped up and started shouting, uh, uh, jumping up and down and praising God. And finally, Mr. Hoover said, son, sit down. I want to say something else to you. And said, when I sit down, he looked at me and he said, sometime in the darkness of the night, you may be thinking of some other crime you might have committed. That's forgiven too. Uh, you don't have to come back here anymore. Uh, thank God forever. Uh, I'm glad for that glorious night uh, that I said yes to God uh, once and for all. Uh, and he wiped my slate clean. Praise God forever. And put ever sin under the blood. Oh, I wish I could sing like these young people can. I think I would already have sang three or four times a song that, that just kind of lingers in my heart. Where would I be if it had not been for Jesus? Where would I be if it had not been for him? I was a toy for the maker of sin, but I'm so glad Christ changed all that could have been. I, I cried, I've gone too far. He said, my blood's gone farther. I, I cried, the stain's too deep. He said, my blood's gone deeper. I, I cried, I've done too much. He said, my blood's done more. I'm so glad, praise God. I'm so glad, praise God. I, I'm so glad, praise God, for the changing blood. Woo! Hallelujah. Praise God. When I came here, I thought I would try to act a little dignified uh, and, and not be, get so emotional. Uh, but I'm blessed. Hallelujah. I'm blessed. Glory to God. I'm blessed. Hallelujah to God. Glory to God. Obedience. Can you see them? Letting that man down with ropes or something. I don't know how they let him down. But they cut a hole big enough they could put that bed through it. And as they was letting it down, this is my personal opinion. I think where that saying came, it came when one of those men looked down at that man sick of the palsy swinging in the air they slowly let him down. And one of these four looked down and hollered, hang loose, brother. That's where that started. You prove it didn't. I just believe that. Praise God. Hallelujah. Unity. They all went the same way. 
Praise God. You know, if we could just bury some of our nonsense and our silliness and come together, we'd see a revival like we've never seen. I believe that, praise God. I have personal convictions that I'll die with. Praise God. They're not a chore for me. And I've got to the place now, if I could do them and make it right straight to heaven, I just, I just don't have any desire to do them. I've lived by them all these years, and I'll just continue to live by them. Unity. Praise God. I like that. And then rejoicing. I, I often think when my mother was in heaven nine years before Elwood got saved, before her prayer was answered, in 1987, I was in a meeting <coughs> in Troy, Ohio, and he came down three nights, testified, praise God, and on Friday night, when he got home, they took him immediately to the hospital. No one knew it but his wife. None of his children, or Elwood didn't know it himself. But they found out a few months before he died that he was in the last stages of leukemia. And this Friday night when they came from the service where I was preaching, they took him and the doctor met her there and said, get your children, get his brothers and sisters, this is it. So we all was there on Saturday. We laughed and talked. None of us knew the seriousness of his ailment. They all wanted to get something to eat, and I said, you go, and I'll stay at Elwood. I went over and sat down on his bed, and he said, Paul, this is it. I said, no, no, that, that, let's forget that. I believe the Lord will touch you. I said, let's pray. So we prayed, and we both got blessed. We thought, sure, then the Lord was going to heal him. They all came back, and I had to go preach again that night. We had prayer again. The Lord blessed. I thought, well, this is going to be it. The Lord's going to touch him. But the Lord was just getting him ready for another move. Thank the Lord. Preached 35 years all over this country. I had a couple to meet me in the back uh, yesterday morning or yesterday evening one and said we've heard him preach many times we used to go to the tabernacle where he pastored and thank the Lord I meet people everywhere that got saved or sanctified under his ministry that thrills me but anyway why we pray and God blessed and I said well I've got to go and I started to the door and Elwood stopped me and he said Paul I said yes he said do you have time to listen to me sing a verse of my favorite song? I said, well, sure. Now, he couldn't sing like this, these young folks sing here, but he sat up on the bed and clapped his hands like this, and he looked right straight up and threw both hands in the air and started singing, I'm drinking at a fountain where I ever would abide, for I've tasted life's pure river, and my soul is satisfied. 
There's no thirsting for life's pleasures, nor adorning rich and gay, for I've found a richer treasure, one that fadeth not away. Is not this the land of Beulah, blessed, blessed land of love, where the flowers bloom forever, and the sky is always bright? And I said, well, praise God, would. Uh, and I put my hand on the door, and he said, Paul, I said, yes. Uh, he said, uh, could you listen to one more verse? I said, sing it. Uh, and he started in, tell me not of heavy crosses, nor of burdens hard to bear. And he stopped and he said, folks, uh, 37, 38 years ago, uh, when the police was after me and I was running down creek banks and river banks uh, to keep the bloodhounds from tracking me, uh, and I could hear them barking and the high-powered rifles going over my head, uh, I had heavy burdens and a heavy cross, but thank God, 35 years ago, uh, on May the 7th, uh, 1952, when I bowed at a mourner's bench, uh, tell me not of heavy crosses, nor of burdens hard to bear, for I found this great salvation makes each burden light appear. So I gladly follow Jesus, counting all for him but dross, worldly honors all forsaken for the glory of the cross. Hallelujah. I started to leave, and he said, I promise you, one more verse and you can go. And he started in, oh, the cross has wondrous beauty. Oft I have proved this to be true. When I'm in the way so narrow, I can see my pathway through. Then how sweetly Jesus whispers, take thy cross, thou needs not fear. For I've trod the way before thee, and my glory lingers near. Is not this the land of Beulah? And I opened the door, and I slipped out and walking down the hallway. I can still hear him singing, is not this the land of Beulah? Blessed, blessed land of love, where the flowers bloom forever. And I was out of hearing distance. Five o'clock the next morning, they called me and he said, called about 10 minutes ago, Elwood went to heaven. Lying on his bed and reached over and took his wife's hand and started singing, is not this the land of Beulah? And said, tell Paul, and don't let him say no. Tell Paul I want him to preach my funeral. And that was one of the hardest things I ever did. And, and I've tried in my finite mind, in my imagination to wonder, would Elwood got to heaven and sit down at Jesus' feet as long as he could, and then he had to get up. And I have often wondered what that scene would have been like when he's walking down one of those glorious avenues, thank God forever, and ran into that old silver-haired mother of ours, thank God forevermore. I've tried to imagine what kind of rejoicing, uh, they did, but praise God for One of these days we'll find out, thank God forever. Uh, oh, to believe God in spite of circumstances, in spite of how deep in sin your children are, or your husband or your wife, hold on. God's able to bring them in. Uh, by faith, God will bring them in. Stand up and shake hands. You're dismissed. I don't want to take for granted the heritage of holiness that has been Thank you for listening to Convention Pulpit, a ministry of Interchurch Holiness Convention, featuring Wesleyan voices past and present. For more sermons or for more information, visit www.ihconvention.com.
This ministry is made possible through the financial support of our listeners. You may give online at ihconvention.com or send your donation to IHC, Post Office Box 99, New Berlin, Pennsylvania, 17855 USA. As it has been passed